He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you on a Tuesday. It's a Ryder Cup Tuesday. Whistling Straits is looking pristine as the Americans and the Europeans head up to Wisconsin for what should be a great showdown this weekend. We've got a great show coming up for you today. Another great show coming up for you on Friday, the first day of the Ryder Cup. We've got a great, a lot of great content coming your way this week week. Uh, all right, Sam is locked and loaded with the 2004 <laughs> Ryder Cup shirt, Oakland Hills, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was an 18.5 to 9.5 victory by the Europeans. So uh, on American soil, by the way, on American soil, that Ryder Cup was sandwiched in between the two Ryder Cups that our next guest played in. Scott Verplank joining us now on the 73rd hole. Scott, you go back, take us back 19 years ago. You are a Ryder Cup rookie standing on the first tee. What are you feeling in that moment? Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, we uh, appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank, you for, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Bringing more interest to our great game. Um, you know what? It's one of the coolest experiences Um Maybe the coolest experience that I've ever had. Just getting it, it's unlike anything else we'll do in golf. Um, the energy, um, you know, the, the crowd, just the anticipation. It's, it's got to be like playing in a, you know, it's, it's more like playing in a football game, playing in the Super Bowl. Um, you're coming up to the, you know, it's the biggest event of the year. Um, it's, I just had, I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. I personally, I was not overly like shaky nervous or anything i just was looking around going how freaking awesome is this and off we went you know i mean it was was incredible and and it is every single time yeah scott take us behind the scenes in the team room in these days leading up to the Ryder cup what's going on in the team room are the guys uh mingling more than they are in a normal tour event and just kind of take us behind the scenes i think a lot of listeners would like to know uh what the guys are doing in the team room in these days oh yeah there's i mean it's only tuesday um and to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of a long week because everybody's already there and they're playing practice rounds Tuesday and, and Wednesday and Thursday, and it doesn't start till Friday. But um, the team room is a ton of fun. Um, it's, it's, you get to know guys way better than, than you would know them just regularly because everybody's hanging out there and, and the captain and the assistant captains and wives and girlfriends or whatever. Um, so it's it's really it's very relaxed, a lot of fun, lots of ping pong, you know, lots of watching, you know, ball games and and just shooting the bull basically. But it, it's very it is it's very laid back in the team settings, except for the two or three things that I think it's just two now, where you have to go to like a formal type dinner and then you have to go to some other dinner. And as a player, you just do it, you know, you got to do it to, I guess appease the PGA of America, but otherwise <laughs> right. you're just there to hang with your buddies and then go uh, represent the United States. 
Yeah, anything to make PJ happy will we'll make it. And then along with the U.S. is the best way to go, Scott. And, you know, you actually have a, a special connection with this Ryder Cup, I believe, in particular, because the captain for the European side, Padraig Harrington, in 2006, you beat Padraig Harrington 4-3 and three over uh, across the pond, and you actually made an ace on the 14th hole. So take us back to that day, and is that the best hole-in-one you've ever made in your career? Well, um, the, the most noteworthy for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know what, it was – it was a very weird uh, Ryder Cup in a lot of ways. You know, they changed the um, they changed the, the selection process, and it kind of I wouldn't say it backfired, but it was trying to get guys who were you know playing good, right? Like leading right up to the weeks of the selection or whatever. So um, in this year's situation, it would have been like Kevin Na would have got on because he played really good leading up to the end. Um, so they have, I think the four, four of the automatic qualifiers had never played in anything. Um, even remotely, you know, either as a kid or as a, you know, amateur or pro. So we we're very inexperienced and Europe always does a tremendous job of stoking up, you know, past memories and things to play for. Um, and, and they all buy in, you know, in 2012, you know, it was for Seve. Seve had just passed away and they made an incredible comeback. You know, in, in 2006, they obviously had a, a better team, but, you know, Darren Clark's wife had passed away and they just, and, and they just, they're just so, they're so tight knit on all that stuff that they always have some, ex, you know, extra motivation and they want to beat the United States. So they have a lot of motivation and our job is to make sure that we have enough motivation that we want to kick their butt. Uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite stats this week is that you actually played a singles match in the 2002 Ryder Cup against Lee Westwood, who is on the 2021 European Ryder Cup team. So how crazy is that, that a guy you played almost 20 years in the Ryder Cup is still around and doing it for the Europeans on what will be one of the most experienced Ryder Cup teams we've ever seen? Well, that just shows you how good of a player Lee Westwood is and has been and and and, and always will be. You know, I mean, what a great career he's had. But yeah, so that was so he's like 48 now. So he was like 29. So he was just a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It, I thought about that. It's kind of ironic that he's he's on the team, still playing. You know what? And and he's good. And obviously, he's got a great record. Uh, he's been on a lot of winning teams. Um, I'd take him as a partner any day because you know he knows how to win. Yeah, Scott, there's been a lot of talk about team chemistry before this Ryder Cup, and obviously uh, not only you playing in your two Ryder Cups, but you were also a vice captain in 2012 on the Ryder Cup. Uh, Just explain how big of a deal team chemistry is and maybe talk about this year's team chemistry and if you've talked to Stricker about it at all um, and just just give some background on that. Well, the team chemistry is obviously important. And there's always, or the two times I've been on it and the other one that I was in the room, I mean, there's always good chemistry. I mean, all the guys are are excited to be there. Um, you know, they're, they're pumped to play for the United States, pumped to be partnering up with the guys that they 
are friends with and, and compete against all the time. So that, that kind of chemistry is, is not a, is not a factor. The, the only chemistry, um, problems that I've seen that we've had is once you get on the golf course and guys are either trying to do too much or, um, trying, you know, trying too hard, don't, you know, or, or reacting to every shot, you know, or the other or partner's shots and stuff. And, and, and the Europeans just, they, they get it. And I was listening to, uh, Sergio this morning and it's something that I talked to Stricker about last week. And, and he basically said, you know, he, Sergio's first match, he was with Nick Faldo. And he said, Faldo just basically handed me the ball and said, hey, you go do your thing, and if you need me, I'll be here. And so he was just like, I'm backing him up. Obviously, Nick Faldo at the time was a you know, Ryder Cup hero. Um, and that's the way I did it. I mean, that's the way I felt. I was like, all right, you know what? I want, I'm want. i going to rub your shoulders and pat your back, and you just go whip them by yourself. But if you need me to help, I will always be there. And, and you know what? I, I only lost one, two matches between the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup um, in any kind of team game. Lost one alternate shot and one best ball out of 14 matches or something in those two events. And maybe I just had good partners, but I always just, we're a team. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about the other guy. It was about us together. And that's probably the thing that we need to manage better. And, you know, as you guys know, there's, if you've got two guys together, one of them's going to be the alpha. And, but the alpha doesn't mean that that's the guy that makes all the birdies, but there's got to be some guy that is leading, you know, there's got to be a leader and there's going to be, got to be a follower because there can't be two leaders. There can't be two followers. And it doesn't mean the leader doesn't have to be the guy who's supposedly the best player. The leader has to be the guy who sets the attitude for what they're going to do and how they're going to how they're going to react and how they're going to beat these other guys. So I'm hoping that we're spending more time talking about that versus uh, you know some of the other things. Yeah, just a quick follow up to that, Scott. I saw a quote uh, from a story back from 2012 where you said that Davis Love did his job in the team matches the first two days because they had such a big lead, and then obviously lost it in the singles. But I, that that was such a true statement that I've never really thought about that the captain's job is more so just the first two days trying to pair everyone with the right people. Uh, maybe just expand on that a little bit more too. But. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the the, the first two days when you're playing the, the you know, foursomes and, and the four ball, which in over here is alternate shot and best ball. Um, yeah, the, the captain's job is to get those guys together that want to play together and are, are in sync and are thinking, you know, kind of like what I was just explaining yeah. about how we're going to get this done together. You know, um, and yeah, Davis, Obviously, I mean, we're up 10 to 6 at the diner. I mean, it'd be hard to for anybody to get up that much in any, you know, at any time. It probably it hasn't happened very often. I know that, particularly not in the, you know, what we would call the, the modern Ryder Cup with, you know, just 24 of the best, you know, 25 or 26 or 27 players in the world. So there's no dogs at this event. Even if the guy right. stopped playing good, He's still pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the captain's job 
get that and then kind of get the, obviously you make the pairings for the singles and, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Europe is, uh, we, we did it in 99 where Ben Crenshaw front loaded cause we were way behind and it worked. And then, and then they did it to us in 2002. Um, when I was there, we were, it was tied going to the singles and they, listen, they had four or five guys that were playing great and they put them all one, two, three, four, five and got the crowd all riled up and, you know, Tiger and, and Phil's matches basically became insignificant. Now, Phil would have won, if they would have both won their matches, we would have won, but they were so, the thing was pretty much over by the time their matches got crucial. That's anyway, that's a, you know, that's a, a calculated risk, but it, but it, you know, whatever it is, it's worked. Uh, those two examples that work beautifully. Yep. Yeah. You per- perfect segue there, Scott, because uh, one of the things that goes along with uh, team chemistry is uh, leadership. And one thing that Sam talks about with the Europeans that he likes is kind of the veterans that they have. This is the first Ryder Cup since 1993 that Phil or Tiger will not be on the team. Um, Phil will be there as a vice captain, but do you think that their absence will have any effect on the team? Well, I mean, obviously those are the, you know, by far the two best players of, of, uh, my generation and, and, and maybe a one generation behind me because they're Phil's 50 and Tiger's in his mid 40, late forties, I guess. So yeah, they're, those two guys have dominated uh, golf in the, really around the world. I mean, Tiger's dominated around the world, but I mean, if, if Tiger wasn't around, Phil would have another 15 or 20 tournaments. So those two guys have been exceptional. Um, and, and you know what? Phil is actually a great partner. <clears throat> Phil gets it on taking a guy and and making him feel like he's the best player in the world. Now, his record is not great, obviously, because we haven't been winning. You know, I could see uh, Tiger's record's not very good, but he's, the be- you know, maybe the best player that's ever played. I could see how it'd be very difficult. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's the alpha in the group. But it's really hard for him to try to pump up the other guy like he's going to be the alpha in the group, I would think. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, you know? Um, yeah, you're it, spot on there, Tiger, Tiger's the best player, but he doesn't need to be the leader of the two-man team. You know what I'm saying? Right. He yeah. needs to make the other guy – if the other guy wants to be the leader, the other guy needs to be the leader. And then, then Tiger's job is just to go out and whip their butt. But – you know, some, and that's not an indictment at all on Tiger. I mean, the guy's unreal, but he doesn't. You know, it, it didn't. He doesn't team up very well if you just look at the records. But he's it, it vitally important to, particularly all the guys like on this year's team because he's the best player they've ever seen, and he may be the best player anybody's ever seen. So having that guy on your side, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, absolutely. Scott Verplank joining us here on the 73rd hole. Scott, this week they're headed up to Whistling Straits, a Pete Dye course. Uh, I know you play almost every day here at home on a Pete Dye course at Oak Tree National. Have you been up to Whistling Straits and just knowing Pete Dye, uh, what are some things that might come into play this week that the guys are going to have to deal with? Well, I have played uh, Whistling Straits. Played PGA there twice, I believe. Um it's a cool golf course. It's really hard to uh, it's really hard to imagine how that golf course was built. It was just a flat piece of property along the lake shore, and if you go there, you would you would just 
bet your life you're in Ireland. Um, just with the way that he came up with sand dunes and bunkering and just, it's really a cool place. And it's a, and, and in that, uh, regard, it's a, it's a wonderful Pete Dye golf course because the fairways are big, but boy, they don't look very big when you're standing on the tee. You know, he, there, there's plenty of room to play and there always is on a Pete Dye course, but he gives you so much eye candy that it, that it distracts you <laughs> and you're, you know, you see the, you know, the Lake Michigan looks like the Atlantic Ocean. You know, the the bunkers on the right or the bunkers on the left are really not in play. But man, they, they it's like their little suction cups. You know, <laughs> it's just that's Pete Dye. I mean, and it's it's a cool golf course, and you can play them. You can play all Pete Dye golf courses, but you got to get past the what I call the eye candy. Yeah, no doubt, Scott. And speaking of uh, Oak Tree guys, uh, Victor Hovland. Have you talked to Victor Hovland at all before this Ryder Cup? Um, maybe giving him any advice? And and what do you kind of expect for Victor this week? Um, well, yes, I have talked to Victor. We talked about uh, Ryder Cup the other day. Um, I just told him how great of an experience it's going to be for him and how much he's going to love it. Um. And I think he's ready. I mean, Victor's so good. You know, I think he's going to do fantastic. I told him that um, I was hoping for a 19-5 to 5 victory for the United States, and Victor wins all five of the points for the year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, he'll do fine. He'll do great. He's such a good player and a good guy that, yes, I will be pulling for him individually, um, maybe unless it comes down to the very last point. In its room. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll do great. Yeah, and then real quick, I just wanted to follow up on Colby's question um, about whistling straights. If if you were in that team team room with Steve Stricker, how would you be wanting to set up the course for the United States? I've seen some videos already uh, of the rough being super down this week. Uh, what are some other things you might do to help out the United States? Well, you know, it's it's funny that that the setups have have changed. Um, over the last 20 years or so used to be that the Europeans would, would not have thick rough and would have a lot of playable areas um, on the sides or in the rough and around the greens and not real thick rough around the greens. And then um, we would be playing, you know, uh, Oak Hill or I don't know, you know, just, just whatever, you know, the old traditional golf courses that had thick rough and, you know, you had to drive it straight and you're in, you know, you were in bad flies around the greens. Well, now it's kind of switched. We got all these bombers and they like, you know, they like the, the long ball. So we've set it up to let all our guys swing away and, and, um, not have, not get in too much trouble unless you get way offline. And, you know, like the last three years ago, it was at Paris, you know, they pinched the golf course in and had lots of trouble off the tees and, and made our guys that like to swing hard off the first, you know, off every tee box, make them uncomfortable. And it worked. So, mm -hmm. uh, I have talked to Strick. I know they're going to, it's going to be set up long. And it is going to be, uh, they're going to do set the golf course up every day to try to maximize the power that the United States team has. 
And to follow up on that uh, course setup uh, question, Scott, I'm looking here at the weather, and it looks like uh, on Friday we'll have some p.m. showers. But I also find it interesting. The wind will be about 10 to 15 every every day, but it's going to be blowing a different direction each day. It'll be blowing out of the southwest on Friday, out of the west on Saturday, and out of the northwest on Sunday. So how much do you think the weather and in the past has the weather had an effect on who ends up winning the uh, the cup at the end, on Sunday afternoon? Oh, it always has an effect. Um, and, and that- you know, it's always going to be windy there because it literally, I mean, Lake Michigan literally is an ocean and the wind, it's very rare there when the wind's completely calm. Um, but it it always has an effect and the golf course, you know, looks like it's in Europe. Um, with the wind blowing a different direction each day, that probably takes away a little bit of our home course advantage, but the, but the crowds uh, will make up for that. So, It'll, it'll, I would suspect that it'll be a, a great match. I mean, there's just, like I said, there's no, there's no dog in this event, and everybody's going to be as excited as they can be just because of all the stuff we've been through the last year and a half to two years. And now we've got full fans, you know, full throttle on the noise and excitement. So I, it, it, I think it's one of the best two or three sporting events in the world. And I think this year's version will probably reinforce that. Well, Scott, uh, I got to hold your feet to the fire now. So data golf has the U S as a 62% chance to win this Ryder cup. I got to get your final score and maybe a man of the match for this year's Ryder cup. Oh man. Well, obviously, um, Victor's going to win five points. Let's see. And since I, beat Lee Westwood <laughs> singles. He's going to win two or three points, yep. you know, just just to prop me up. Oh, yep. Americans um, are on the eight ball already. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they, you got to have 14 and a half to win. So I'm going to say it's, uh, let's see, I'm going to say, what did I say? I said 15 and a half to uh, 12 and a half United States. Gotcha. And then give me an MVP. And, well, it'll be Victor for the European team. Yep. Um, but then I would, I, you know, that's hard to tell, but I would think that, you know, JT's and, and Jordan are obviously going to be a good team. Um, I don't know. It, it's that, that's the, that's the hard one because how do you know? I mean, the MVP could be a guy that only plays two or three matches. If right. he wins them all, you know, I mean, um, I would think that, I would think that, uh, JT or, or, uh, Colin Morikawa, one of those guys, this can, that's right up there, or Jordan, because it's right up there, Alley, to get out there, and they're going to be tough, tough to handle. You know, they're going to be, you're not going to intimidate them or, or scare them or even get in their head. So those guys, that, that's what it's going to take. So hopefully those, those attitudes will rub off in the, in the team deals and, and we'll be in good shape going to the singles. Scott, do you think that there's anyone who um, may, like, for example, I don't think Bryson DeChambeau will play uh, much of the alternate <clears throat> shot format. Do you think that there's any players who will play all four or all five matches? Do you think there'll be players that sit? And who are some teams that, uh, for the Americans and the Europeans, you think we'll see on Friday and Saturday? Well, I, I you know, I don't know the, the Europeans. I would sure think that, that, that uh, John Rahm and Sergio, since the Spaniards, you would think they would play together. Right. Um, and you would think that Poulter would take one of the younger guys um, to get him all charged up. 
Um, and Victor, you know what? Victor and Lee Westwood would be a, a, a hard team to handle, particularly an alternate shot. Um, on our side, I know we're going to have uh, JT and Jordan. Um, I think Bryson and Scotty Scheffler look like they're going to play. And I did hear that, that those two teams had a alternate shot match a week ago, and Bryson and Scotty Scheffler beat them like six and five. Wow. So they were like nine under par through 14 holes or 15 holes in alternate shots. So <laughs> that would be tough is, is to be Listen, think of it. If Bryson drives it in the fairway, I mean, could you have a better alternate shot partner? That's true. You're hitting, you're hitting wedge every hole. Well, and there's a couple <laughs> of par fours out there that are going to be borderline drivable for Bryson, depending on the wind. So it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see. I mean, Stricker, that that's your guy right there. He can decide and figure out who who do we want on odd holes, on even holes. So I would imagine if there's a chance well, for those greens to be drivable, Bryson will be the one you'll want on the tee box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends if they put in an alternate shot. You know, I just right. don't know. You would think that that Colin Morikawa is an alternate shot guy. Um, I don't know. You just go to you just, right. Guys find their spot, and and some guys that you wouldn't think are going to be good in alternate shot are going to be good, and guys that you think you know you would think Tiger Woods would never lose a four ball match, you know, but he didn't win very many. You know, I'm saying mean, you got the best player in the world, and he's got to just just play like you always played Tiger, and you'll beat him by yourself. But he didn't win very many, so it's it's hard to predict that. But um, like I said, I don't know the teams for sure. Um, I have ideas of who I would put together, but I also have not been talking to each individual player and getting all that, uh, getting all that kind of scoop. So they'll, they'll, it'll be good. Like I said, everybody can play, and if everybody has the right uh, approach mentality, um, both teams are going to be hard to beat. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. This is an unbelievably fun week, and hopefully it will be a great Ryder Cup. Scott, you are the man. Uh, Sam, you got one more before we let him go? Yeah, how about your Cowboys going up to Boise State and getting a win? Yes, sir. Man, I, th- I think the national championship's right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated, baby. Hey, you can't win them all if you don't win the non-conference games. you got to start somewhere. Well, um, hopefully, the, the, uh, hopefully the jet fuel will kick in here pretty soon because uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but they are winning games. So, you know, that's kind of the bottom line. See what happens. Yep, better to yep. win ugly than lose pretty. <laughs> Hopefully the Americans can do something, uh, win ugly or pretty. A win's a win this weekend for the yep. Americans. Scott, you're the man. We appreciate it. Have a great week and enjoy the golf. All right. Thank you guys, too. Appreciate it, Scott. Thank you, Scott, very much. It's our guy Scott Verplank joining us here on the 73rd hole, a former Ryder Cupper himself with a 4-1 record in the Ryder Cup. A lot more coming up on this show. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, and we are going way deep in the weeds. I'm not talking native grass. I'm talking the weeds here on the 73rd hole as we get you ready for this weekend's Ryder Cup. Uh, stay with us. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org, our great partners. Check out everything that they have to offer as Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and some other schools are getting going as well. Also, if you're having some problems, why don't you go see our good friends at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley will get you taken care of. They have the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. But if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley was recently named one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Visit thespineclinicok.com located just off Britain and Broadway Extension here in Oklahoma City. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, and continue 
continue to preview the Ryder Cup here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on our Ryder Cup preview. Big thanks to Scott Verplank. 80% winning clip on the Ryder Cup in 2002 and 2006. Now, Sam... Taylor and I are having to sit here today on what really is a beautiful day in the state of Oklahoma. I know not all of our listeners are from Oklahoma. It's about 69 degrees outside right now, about a 12-mile-an-hour north breeze. It is a beautiful day. It smells like football and Ryder Cup outside. It smells like Europe in this recording studio because Sam walks in today with a Ryder Cup 2004 Oakland Hills shirt on. What hat is that? (laughs) The Paris hat. That's the 2018 Le Golf National hat on because he's been stumping so hard for the Euros the last couple weeks. He's now wearing ole, his European Ryder Cup gear ole, to the preview ole. for the Ryder Cup. That's ridiculous. <laughs> my my father this. was not wrong when he said you are unpatriotic. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. As we get closer to the Ryder Cup, because I'm like, as we get closer to the Ryder Cup, I start to fear my predictions more and more. Are you still feeling the same? Or as we get closer, are you like... Okay, now I just have no idea. It's a total coin toss. Now that Scott Verplank just told us they might play Bryson DeChambeau in alternate shot, I was going to pick the Europeans. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you later, but I, I just bumped the Europeans up another point. So now, now, he did say that Bryson and, and Scotty played a little alternate shot they last week, well. and they were like nine under. I think those could be some good personalities the gun. to go yeah. together. But let's talk about practice round pairings. So practice round pairings for the U.S. could give us some indication of what pairings will be, and I think it pretty much is. One of the practice round pairings, both yesterday and today, Bryson, Scotty, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. Those four are playing together. Another well, obviously, four, you know that. Yeah, like, obviously, I mean, Spieth and Scott, JT are a pair. They, they should yeah, play right. um, all five matches. Yes, Spieth and JT are a pair, even singles. Taylor, right. They should play yep. together in singles, too. Just play yep. a foursome. Uh, and then Cantlay, DJ, Morikawa, and Shoffley are have been playing practice rounds together yesterday and today. So you can mesh mesh those up any way you want. I don't know exactly how. I, I, in, you know, team matches, I feel like Patrick Cantlay, Morikawa, and Xander are all very similar games. I agree. You know, it, yep. whether you're talking all alternate shot or best ball. Yeah. So, I mean, and DJ is obviously going to go with one of those three. But if you pair any of those four together, you're going to be good. So this last one I think is interesting, this pod, because I think this has the two guys which we might not see on the course quite as much. They might be two or three match kind of guys. 
Berger and English in that group, as well as Finau and Kepka. So, I mean, obviously, we've got Bryson and Kepka as far apart as they can be on the list. This was tweeted out by Ryder Cup USA. <laughs> Go to at Ryder Cup USA. They tweet out the pods. They listed Bryson's name first in the first pod. They listed Brooks's name last in the last pod. Even on the practice round sheet, they've got their names as far apart from each other on the ink as they can possibly get them. <laughs> so, I don't think we'll be seeing those two too close together anytime this week, but... Do you go Finau Kepka and send both bombers out together, or do you pair Finau or Kepka or both with Berger and English and do a little more of a, a style mix-up? There? I would love to see a Finau Kepka best ball team if Kepka is healthy. I think that best ball. I mean, that would be a great team to me one, at, at Whistling Straits. One thing you gotta watch out for: Kepka and Berger both played at at Florida State, so that's that, true. They may That's be, a good That point. might be a very potential team. But that is a good point. I will take this into consideration. Um, we've already heard that that Bryson and uh, Scotty are playing together. And so you look at the way they ordered this, and obviously we just made fun of that Bryson was first and Kepka was last, but do you think that there's any significance in the way that they ordered this, or did they just throw the random names out no, there? Considering probably, that, considering you, you have that we to know wonder that, group. though, because in the first pod, I mean, we know Spieth and JT are going to be together, so then by process of elimination, we can figure out that well, Bryson no, and Scotty are going to be together. I don't together. think he's asking that. Are you asking? Yeah, yeah I'm so, so right here, the way they ordered it, right? So they're not, the they're not saying that, like, like for example, example, they don't have it listed like JT and Spieth will be playing together, but they played in a foursome of the same people, but yet their names are beside each other no, in I, order. And so what I'm saying is, like, for example, in the next group, you have Cantlay. It lists Cantlay, then DJ, and then it has Morikawa and Shoffle in the same group. So I'm wondering if they said Cantlay and DJ are no, playing together, Morikawa and Shoffley. You don't think so, Sam? I don't think so. Um Especially since you just made the point of Berger and Kepka, that's what's making me think opposite. Because I, I'm, Berger and English may be a good combination, but I would think that maybe English Finau, Berger Kepka would be better out of out of that that four. Yeah. But but honestly, they they did it for the first one, and I'm looking here at know. the second one. I, I think Cantlay and DJ is a good team, along with more Cow and Shaw. But when you look at it, I mean, if it were in order, Cantlay, DJ, Morikawa, Shoffley. Berger, English, and Finau Kepka, those are all great teams to me. Yeah, yeah I think Finau Kepka is a great team, too. I yeah. mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But you may have the college dynamic as well. I, I would be more inclined, if I had to say so, I would say that they purposely put these in order just because I do think that all these teams would make sense. But who knows, just because I think that last one's throwing me off so much. See, I think the total wild card is that you put two Florida State guys together, they start talking football, they get depressed, they lose. Yeah, because they have the mo- if they have momentum of the football team, they won't win. They won't win a hole. I mean, I know that this is not a Florida State football podcast, but God, Florida State football is so bad. So we pair <laughs> Burger and Kepka together. We're going to get a little talk about Mike Norvell. Can't spell Norvell without two L's on the end. Oh, uh, three for Florida State. I don't know why I just decided to three pick L's? up Florida State randomly to start our Tuesday. Their football team's trash. Yes, man. exactly. Is I'm, it? Do you guys think it's interesting that Europe, not even yesterday or you know today, have released any? Ryder Cup pairings. So they're doing the Lincoln Riley keeping the well, depth I mean, chart. We're all, but wait, no, never mind. That's probably a dumb statement because we're going to know eventually. Yeah, I mean, we'll know, but I, yeah. I don't know. It's what are some some pairings that we could expect to see Obviously, on that side? Like like Scott said, he brought up a couple good ones. One that I didn't even ever think of was Javi and Westwood. That would be a great pairing to me. Yeah, and, but you know, obviously Javi's the off the Spaniard, tee game. Yeah, yep, this yep, right. And then you know the Spaniards. I think that are really. Great team that will probably be Europe's best team this this Ryder Cup is uh, Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry. Yeah, you think Rory and Lowry go together? Yeah, and then like he said, uh, Ian Poulter with a young guy. You know, it, maybe Poulter and Fitz. 
Similar yeah. games, I feel like, with Poulter and Fitz, too. The, yeah, but there's no real young guys on this. Do, do y'all feel team. like, because to me, I feel like this is the year where the Poulter magic runs out because I just, I don't think he's in as good of a place. I know he's played some know. decent golf, but I just, my gut tells me this is the year where the Poulter magic runs out and he rips off like a 1-3-1 and one or a 1-2-1 and one or something like that. I feel like we might have, you know, since... You know, you have the Mamba mentality and you have the Poulter mentality in the Ryder Cup. They're very similar. You would put an equal sign if it were on a math problem. Mamba mentality, Poulter mentality. What did the Mamba do in his last game? He dropped 60 points, okay? Poulter, he's going to go undefeated Ugh. in this Ryder Cup. Undefeated. Ugh. I mean, look, Poulter's what? tracker, what is he, 17-6-2 in his Ryder Cup career? He's been ridiculously <laughs> successful. And a lot of the times, he's had to do it as a captain's pick because, you know, he just won't have that great of a season. It won't be that high in points. But the captain is like, you know who's going to play out of their freaking mind and make everything they look at in the Ryder Cup? <laughs> Ian Poulter. And he gets on the team and he just keeps winning. How about this fact right here? What did you say his record? 17-16-2? Off the top of my head, I think his record is 17-6-2. Here's Tiger's record because we were talking with Scott. So oh, I God, it I don't want to know. 13, 21, and 3. Well, wow. I mean, Tigers 1 and 7. Tigers teams are 1 and well, 7 and, and in and the Ryder Cup. Good. And they've <laughs> lost the last six. He started 1 and 1. The six uh, Tiger teams so, in a row have lost for America. What's record, Tiger? 4-2-2. Um, uh, and two. Yeah, so, so it's all teams, so, so uh are his losses. So Tiger has lost or has won four less matches than... Uh, Poulter has, but has lost 15 more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Good to, that's good to know. Well, and it's, and this is where we can kind of segue into Kepka's comments because this is very different than individual golf. Individual greatness is not the same as banding together and embracing a team format for a week. And Tiger individually is the greatest we've ever seen in this sport. But in the team format, it just didn't work, whether it was the pressure another guy felt having to play with the, the mammoth that was Tiger, whether it was Tiger feeling like, you know, team golf was different than individual golf. For whatever reason, it clearly didn't work. One and seven, his teams were in the right. Cup, and now we have a guy like Brooks Kepka who is undisputedly one of the best individual players in the game, but his comments last week uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because it very much made the, the Ryder Cup sound like a burden for him because it's very much out of his routine. It's team meetings. It's doing all these different things. And I do think that there is a, a, a psychological difference between the individual golf and team golf, and some guys just aren't great at both. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, but, the sample size is way too small on Kepka, but I'm saying clearly this maybe isn't his favorite format. Would that, as a captain, would you read that and at all think, okay, maybe I sit him, you know, and he plays three out of five matches instead of four out of five or all five? But just like the new Golf Digest that just now came out, it has Brooks Kepka on the front holding a golf ball at the camera that says mind games. And it literally says on the front cover, it says, people don't think I care, but I actually care. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I feel like Kepka sometimes says things just to kind of make him seem relatable and cool. Like, And I think that, it, obviously, Brooks Kepka cares about winning the Ryder Cup. So he, so you're saying he's not being genuine for genuine, or however you pronounce it, yeah. for, a pub, for a pub, essentially? Maybe not not genuine. That might be too strong of a statement. I feel like he's 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it, I guess. My, my thing is, like, I'm not necessarily making the argument that Brooks Kepka doesn't care about winning the Ryder Cup. I think Brooks Kepka cares about winning the Ryder Cup. I just think that some guys are wired better for individual play. And, yeah. and maybe he's one of those. I don't know. I mean, we need a bigger sample size of him at the Ryder Cup, but I feel like more of the Americans, for whatever reason, have been wired that way. And we've gotten ourselves into a situation where over the past two decades, it's pretty much been a lot like what your T-shirt there says in 04 at Oakland Hills, where it was 18 and a half to nine and a half. I mean, Paris a few years ago was ugly. Boys, it was ugly. Europe set that golf course up, and they were like, ha, ah, let's just play tricks on the Americans and make them hit irons off tee boxes into the yeah. layup with an iron into the hazard. That's that's where that audio clip comes from, for those of you who don't know. That's from the 2018 Ryder Cup. Phil pulled out an iron on a tee box on a par four to lay up, and he hooked it into a water hazard that was right beside the fairway. It's just team golf, individual golf are very different, and the Americans have struggled with that, and I think – it partially lends itself to the fact that this week is very different, and I don't think that all of the American guys have totally embraced the team aspect of it recently. So I, I want to get into this a little bit. At Whistling Straits, I have this on Data Golf set up right now, and it's best course fit. Like, who fits the Whistling Straits best, right? Mm-hmm. So I would like you guys to try to list off the top five guys that was well, I just I, I had it pulled up. Okay, so. I can try to guess. So I don't have it pulled up. Uh, analytically, I will say John Rom fits Whistling Straits. He's not in the top five. Not in the top five. Wow. Rory off the tee. He's number two. Okay, Rory. Okay, so Bryson. Bryson is number one by far. Uh, by far. Okay, give me DJ. DJ is number three. Okay, but uh, there's a big gap between Rory and Bryson. Okay, big gap between Rory and Bryson. I okay, mean, so sorry, give me yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, so give me uh, Scheffler, maybe. Uh, Scheffler is wow, where is Scheffler? Way down there. Uh, Way he's down like there. middle, middle of the middle. Pack. Okay, what about Hovland? What about Hovland? Hovland almost toward, is uh, like eight like, from the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, those were most of my my prime guesses because other guys are strokes gained approach guys like JT and Morikawa. Give me the other two. Hey, guess who's last? Uh. Poulter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Morikawa was second to last. It makes sense. I mean, again, that's a yeah. strokes gained approach guy, which I wouldn't imagine the metrics are heavily so, favoring this so week. Who so did who's you four say? and five? It's it's Kepka and Finau. Kepka and Finau. Okay. And which, have, which could be a pairing based on the JT. practice round. So five of the top six would be Americans. Just want to, just want to say that. Yeah. Just throw that out there. And, you know, let's see. Uh, eight of the top ten would be Americans. Because then it goes Spieth, Shoffley, Cantlay, Scheffler. So there was a great stat that I need to track down again about how poor uh, the U.S.'s guys who are ranked high in the official world golf ranks. Here we go. So Ryder Cup performance of players ranked in the top 10 of the OWGR. This is all time. Uh, Pardon me, this is 2004, whenever they started keeping these stats. The United States top 10 ranked players have won 36.2% of their matches. European top 10 players have won 51.4% of their top 10 matches uh, for guys who are in the top 10 in the world. So uh, I'm I'm not bailing on my U.S. prediction at all, but I do think that that is just a stat that allows us to quantify what we know we've seen over the last two decades, which is the Americans have the more talented individual players, and then for whatever reason, a guy who's fourth in the world goes out for the Euros and goes 1-2-1 and in the Ryder Cup, and we can't make sense of it. I mean, those are actual numbers we can put to it that quantify it and tell us that our eyes aren't lying to us, that the high-ranked players on the American side lose more than they win. 36% since 2004 top 10-ranked players in the world for Americans have won. That's a staggering stat. 
Well, it's way, it's way too low is what it is. And we, we looked at Tiger's record. And so, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I, I think Scott made a really good point when he was talking about Tiger and why Tiger has done so, maybe done so bad is because he's con- constantly has to be the alpha and people want to live up to his expect- expectations. And I think that's honestly a reason. And I would have, I honestly wish I would have asked Scott this question. That's probably why uh, Captain Stricker made such a good partner with Tiger. So I think that was a good dynamic. And to point out the uh, what Sam was talking about earlier, the big gap between uh, Bryson and Rory from one to two is essentially .13 points, whatever that total adjustment number adds up to on here. That's the same difference between Rory, who's in second, and JT, who's in sixth. So that's that's so whenever you talk about a big gap, the difference between two and six course fit is the same as from one to two. And also to put that in perspective, uh, JT, who would be sixth, that's the same going down to Garcia, who's roughly middle of the pack. Was that like fifteenth or something? Or yeah, some somewhere around that. So it's uh, Bryson is a big fit, so I would not be surprised from hearing what I heard with him playing so well in the alternate shot if he actually is in a pairing for that, which would surprise me because I did not think he would be a good fit for the alternate shot pairing. Will you be surprised if Bryson plays really well this week? If Bryson plays four matches and goes 4-0, and would that really surprise you? Because there's been a lot of talk about the long drive stuff, which is on Monday, by the way. Singles match Monday, long singles match Sunday, long drive Monday. Would it surprise you if Bryson went out and really lit it up this week and was... Captain America? Well, I, I think you – I can't remember how many shows ago, Cole, but you made a really good point. This is going to be the only time that fans have ever cheered for Bryson. Yeah. Ever. It may – he may just li- live off that and just make everything he looks at and hit every fairway straight. and Because, I mean, we saw how excited he got at Bay Hill when everyone loved when he <laughs> drove the par five or whatever. So, I mean, if he gets fans behind his back, he might have a lot more energy than he already has. And another thing that I just thought about was – that long drive is Monday, so we don't get the Brooks Kepka Bryson celebrating together if if they do win. Uh good point. Good point. It's, I don't know. Because Bryson's not going to go out and get drunk that night like all the other guys. Bryce, yeah, Bryson's not going to go out that night. I mean, obviously he'll celebrate on the grounds with everybody, and Will like he he'll though? stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah if they win the Ryder Cup, yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure. I mean, he's got a private jet. Travel's not what he used to be. He's not going to the airport and you know going through customs or anything. He he'll have a private jet to take him exactly where he needs to be for long if drive. If there's videos so. of Bryson. You know, getting after it with the boys after they win the Ryder Cup, and he goes out and you know wins the long drive contest. <laughs> I'll get, I'll, I'll be a Bryson fan. I mean, that would be uh, if he could actually go out, throw a few back Sunday night, get on a private jet, wake <laughs> up Monday hit morning, some bombs, and just Literally, he's go just new town. Ch- you know who he has to channel is John Daly. He's got to channel R- right his inner John if Daly they win, if they win the Ryder Cup. You're right. He's got to channel his inner John Daly. What's more likely to happen? U.S. wins the Ryder Cup. Who's pouring the champagne into the other's mouth? Is Bryson pouring it into Kepka's or vice versa? Bryson is popping the champagne at Bryson. Right. I mean, an all-time t- all great picture would be either of those guys pouring champagne in the other one's mouth if they win the Ryder like Cup. Like Chris Bosh. be an all-timer. <laughs> also, I have a question. Would Bryson even be willing to put that poison into his body? Because Bryson is very specific about what goes into his body, and I don't know if alcohol is on the list. Yeah, probably not. Can you imagine being the only one not drinking after you win the Ryder Cup? I mean, I mean, does, I understand does Tom people Brady drink after he wins Super Bowls. I honestly yes. don't know the answer <laughs> to that question. Remember, do you not remember the party? <laughs> oh, I do. He almost yeah. threw the I do. <laughs> Lombardi Trophy in the ocean. He, tried he, to might, throw he might not have after the, the first one or two, but once you get to seven or how many ever it is, you lose uh, count and so start having fun. Back to something a little serious. Uh, on Back in 2015 uh, at the PGA Championship at Whistling Straits, uh, I'm looking here at strokes gained off the tee, uh, and everyone in the top 10 uh, was 
more than 8.8 shots, uh, positive strokes gained on the field. And then there was a big gap uh, of everyone else going down through the list. And, and, one of the interesting things is uh, is that Jordan Spieth uh, actually gained .55 strokes off the tee that week, uh, and around the green he gained almost point or one or almost two shots on the field uh, that week at Whistling Straits, which blew away the field. So Jordan Spieth, I mean, I know that you know the course is going to be set up long, but it's going to be wide open. So I feel like Jordan Spieth, you know, even though I'm rooting for Europe, I think that he might be a better fit for Whistling Straits than we think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you could be right. I, I, I think he's a really good fit for Whistling Straits. I think you, you mentioned the around the green stat. I think that in match play, that's really big because you have uh, someone miss the green or if, if even if it's all, especially an alternate shot format, you miss, like JT misses the green short sides and if he's able to get it up there and chip it close, that can deflate the opponent a little bit. And so I, I think that that's a really big advantage. And I think that the more and more I think about it, JT and Spieth are going to play the, um, both matches on Saturday, uh, Friday and both matches on Saturday. Uh, Friday and Saturday for sure. And so I think that that is probably the most crucial group of the American pairing because if they go out and they're one and three, I, I don't know if the, the Americans are going to be able to rebound from that. Yeah, I don't either. I think that'd be a huge problem for the Americans if yeah. those guys don't go out and play well because those are – I feel like that's kind of – I don't want to call them the anchors because there's a lot of good players on this team, but they kind of feel like guys that everyone else could feed off of their energy. And, I mean, that's the thing about playing at home in a Ryder Cup that you don't get on the road. You have to fight against it on the road. When good things are happening up ahead, of you happening behind you, you know it. I mean, it's not, there are however many thousands of people are going to be pouring into Whistling Straits this weekend. They're all going to be watching four groups. I mean, that's that's it. 30,000 people, we're going to have 8,000 people on every hole. You're going to know if something's good happening in front of you or behind you, and that's energy that you can feed off of. I remember watching the 2018 Ryder Cup like it was yesterday. It was three years ago, usually two years, but uh, three years for the Ryder Cup in Europe. And I remember thinking, God, they are just rolling so much. That atmosphere is so hostile. And not because the European fans were being rude, heckling, nothing like that. Just the cheers that were ringing out from Le Golf National outside Paris were deafening. And I'm like, these guys are hearing it all day long. And it's got to be a little defeating to just constantly hear the opposing fans cheering constant good things happening over and over again. So home soil, I think, is a huge, huge advantage. I think being post pandemic uh, and everybody going out after, you know, not having it last year and having it moved back a year. I think the fans are going to go absolutely nuts this weekend. And I think that's really going to help the American side. I do too. Uh, even though last time it was in the Midwest was uh, right here on my shirt in 2004 at Oakland Hills. My question uh, is, that one go? as an American, how do you still have this stuff? Like <laughs> as, after the Ryder Cup, it's, it's like for OU fans having a, an orange bowl shirt from 2004 when they lost by 40 to USC. It's like, why do you wear that? It's like, why do you still have this? We got 30, 36, but who's counting? They only yeah. lost by 36. <laughs> I it, want to give credit where credit's due. Is it because hey, no you, one won that national championship. That's true. It's empty. <laughs> it's a point. vacated national title. We won title. by default. By the way, how high Shane Lowry? Ooh, good one. He did mm. win a major recently. He was the defending Open champion for two years. I will tell you this. He was playing halfway Right now, decent. he is ranked uh, 40th. Mm, I'll say he got up to 18th at his peak. Give me 21. 17th. Yes. Colby almost nailed it. Let's go. Very nice. Yep. One more year and he can uh, join the military. 
<laughs> yeah, right. 17, 18. Well, why, I, why do you have the most random stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guessed 18 and you guessed 21. So I was like, well, on, on mine, he's 18. You're you're grown. But if it's if Taylor's closer, he can drink. So. Yeah, I and think Shane it, Lowry and can drink. We know that. Yeah, I think it's time to get to our DraftKings, boys. Uh, why don't we do it? It's been a few weeks. So how do we want to decide who goes first? Alphabetical order by well, yeah, age. Ahead, Sam, I, you're up first. I don't think it's going to matter because I'm I just said alphabetical order by yeah. age. I don't know what's going on with my brain today. It's uh, working really good. So I will start the DraftKings off right now, and I'm going to go with my lowest is going to be Dustin Johnson. What? At, what? Or wait, whoa, 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 whoa! DJ's your cheapest? No, no, no. Hold on. I don't have DJ. That was <laughs> that was my wrong list. <laughs> Where is it? You had your stat and you lost I had it. my stat and I lost it. Taylor, you start us. No, Sam's I can't, find I can't start us. I don't have no, my No, I do have DJ. Here. This is the right list. It just wasn't in the right order. Okay. So, because <laughs> I can't. Well, here's the deal. I have to put them in, uh, in random orders, like how I'm, you know, when I'm putting it in, it's just how I put it in because I'm banned on DraftKings, remember? I can't submit it, and then it doesn't put it in, like, You just said order. put it in way too many times. You're way too <laughs> short of time. You better not clip that. So oh, there's any- no doubt I'm going to clip it. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick at 5,600 is my first selection. All right. I didn't go quite that cheap with my first selection. I went 5,800 on the American side with an American. Scotty Scheffler, I really like this week. I like Scotty. I think he's a guy that he's very level-headed. He was good in the match play, which I know that to- doesn't totally always translate. But I like Scotty Scheffler. And if he and Bryson are paired together, I don't totally hate it because I-, I was seeing some videos yesterday. You know how when people go to the U.S. Open, they go in the rough, and they drop the ball, and they make the videos, and they're like, <laughs> we want to show you this nasty rough at yeah. Torrey Pines, and they drop the ball, and it disappears. I've been watching those videos from Whistling Straits, and they're basically par- parody videos. They're like, I want to show you how nasty this rough is here at Whistling, and they drop it. And it's like quarter inch rough and the ball just sits on top. Perfect. I'm like, it kind of suits Bryson. So him and Scheffler, I think will be a good team. I'll take Scotty at 5,800. Yeah, I'm rolling with Scotty as well, just because from from what we've been hearing, him and Bryson seem like a team that's going to be hard to beat. And in this, I wanted to pick someone who I feel like is going to play a lot of matches. And so I'm looking for guys who on both the uh, the Europeans, who I don't think will win, but also along with the Americans, who's going to play a lot. And so my second cheapest option is a guy who I think will play almost every match. Maybe he might skip one of them. That's Ian Poulter, 6,400 for the, for the Europeans. I, he, I I think he is he's a big catalyst for the European team besides besides maybe the wrong you'll have the Rom Garcia match and then you'll have probably Rory Lowry like we talked about those will be key catalysts as well but Poulter by himself will be very important because they know how much he means and how much his momentum can mean for, can contribute to the victory of the Europeans so I, I see him playing a lot of matches which is something I'm looking for in in this format Poulter is going to get railroaded this week at Whistling Straits All right. that's my bold prediction my bold prediction is that a guy who's won three times as many times as he lost in his Ryder Cup career will get railroaded this week at Whistling. I think... I hope you're right. I think if he plays... I'm assuming he's going to play four matches. I bet he'll rest one either morning or afternoon, one of the first two days, uh, considering his age. I'd say one, two, and one for Poulter is my guess. I just... The golf course doesn't fit him. He's going to have to survive by making... 10 and 12 footers. And has he done it? Yes. But that's a hard way to live, man. Your luck runs out at some point on tw- I, 10 to 12 footers. I would I would say I bet he plays I bet the the session that he skips will be Friday morning cuz I bet he plays best, alt- ball. best ball. I bet he plays alternate shot both and I bet he plays 
Um, I'm sorry. I, I got my days mixed. I think he misses Saturday morning, so the second day, best ball. Because I think he'll okay. play the first match because I think if he can go out and win, that'll create some momentum too. So I think he'll skip Saturday morning, uh, best ball. But he's really good alternate shot player, Colby. I, I think that's something that we got to look at. And even though he might not be the best course fit, he's not going to be hitting half the shots during the alternate You're right. shot. You're so. absolutely right. If they get him with a good partner, then he could do in Poulter things. Uh, my next cheapest option, I'm going Daniel Berger at 6,600. This one I feel like is a little risky because I don't know how many matches he's going to play. I'm hoping he gets four. I think maybe he could get three. I had enough money for Paul Casey. I debated between Casey and Berger, and I decided to go ahead and go with Berger uh, because he's an American, and my lineup is American heavy. I do have a couple Euros coming later, but my lineup is American heavy, so I'll take Berger at 66. Well, I'm going to go with the guy that you were debating against, and I'm going to go with Paul Casey at 6,800, the 24th-ranked player in the world. He's had maybe his best year of his career, and I feel like where he struggles is accuracy off the tee, but it's not going to be a factor at Whistling Straits. So I like Paul Casey, and then uh, I'm jumping up to 7,000. I'm going my boy, Sergio Garcia. Should be a popular pick, I would say. Sergio Garcia at 7,000. I I love it this week, and I I feel like that he's going to be playing with John Rahm, which will get me some points. Sergio's a machine. He's going to be with Rahm. I've got Sergio at 7,000. I got Sergio as well. I mean, we can't – there's no sugarcoating it. When you think you're going to play a lot of matches and you're playing with undoubtedly the best player in the world right now on on either side – I mean, you got to ride with that at 7000 So then my next most expensive, let me make sure I get my order right here. Um, guy who, I, I'm not sure if you have him or not, Sam, because you, we got all confused. 8200 give me DJ. I think he's going to play a lot of matches, especially the best ball. Going to make a lot of birdies. Uh, I expect him to, and obviously we talked about how good of a course fit he is, third on the, on the analytics side of that. So really like DJ, and I think that he has a good chance. He may play every match, in all honesty, but he may sit one. But once again, just looking for people I think are going to play every match. So. Yeah, I've got a guy who I think should probably get four matches. Is in good course fit for whistling. I mean, Tony Finau, him and Kepka together, I think could be a really good team. Um, so I'll, I'll go Finau at 7,200 as my next cheapest option before I make a, a pretty big jump in salary with my next couple picks. Yeah, my sole American in my DraftKings lineup is Dustin Johnson at 8,200. I just like the value of DJ. I, I don't understand why guys like a Victor Hovland are above DJ at whistling straights. DJ's yeah. pretty cheap. I, I didn't go DJ because you got to have some leverage in your lineup somewhere, so I wanted to mix it up. But the good value with DJ, and I like that pick a lot. Uh, give your second pick. Uh, and then my second pick is Victor Hovland at 8,400. Nice. Uh, I think he's going to have a great week this week. He's going to be really tough to beat in match play format and singles. And I think that um, whoever he gets paired with, um, it, whoever his partner is in these team matches is going to have an easy ride because Victor's just going to be hitting it in the fairway and hitting 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 it on the green and so I really like uh, Victor this week. I tell you what this I think this is a huge huge week for Victor Hovland. This is not going to be the last Ryder Cup he ever plays in. No. I mean I mean that's un, that's like the number one fact that we all know. Yeah. And so if he's able to go out and have a really good week and somehow if the Europeans are able to win on his first Ryder Cup on American soil I think that could be huge for, for his career and maybe even bolster what will already be a very successful career. I think this is a very, very important week for Hovland. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be around for a long time for the Euros. My next one, I'm jumping on up to 9,400. 
I'm going to take a guy who's going to get to play with one of his best friends all week, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas mm-hmm. is going to be key this week for the Americans. Hopefully, he and Spieth can find themselves in enough fairways, even if they don't. I mean, you're coming out of that short rough. JT's a great iron player. Uh, he just needs to get the putter working. Putter really, you know, uh, bogged him down all summer. But you get the fans, you get the energy, you get the excitement, you get a few putts rolling, and all of a sudden, it, it's just snowballs. So I hope that happens for Justin Thomas, and I'm taking him at 9,400. I'm riding with with the, the, the dynamic duo themselves. I got both them so this is going to be a do or die lineup here 9400 i'm going with justin thomas and and for anyone who isn't aware on the DraftKings, you have one captain slot which will get t- point and a half times i'm picking jordan speed there i am riding with both of them i think this is the Ryder cup where jordan speed will surmount patrick reed whoever claimed to be captain america speed will become the new captain america after this week i think he has an immaculate Ryder cup okay i i would like it i would like it that's going to be an important pairing for the americans i do think there's one guy on the europeans that kind of scares me he's been good in Ryder cups in the past and I think he's a good course fit for Whistling Straits. Rory McIlroy scares me a yep. little bit this week. I think Rory could have a big week and really uh, kind of be a catalyst for the Euros. If they do win, I think it's because he has a big week. So yep. I'm going to take Rory as my captain's pick. He's at 13-8. The prices are distorted once you get up to the captain, but he's my most expensive at 13-8, yep. and he'll be my one-and-a-half point multiplier. I, I have Rory, too, uh, being the man of the match as well uh, in this Ryder Cup. If you go back uh, to 2015, he played well at Whistling Straits in that PGA. And then if we go back uh, to the Olympics this year, he's only had one round uh, where he was negative strokes gained on the field since the Olympics. So, I mean, he's played some really good golf as of late. The last time he teed it up was at the Tour Championship, so he's had a little bit of a break. But I I really think that Rory uh, is a no-doubter for a guy that's going to get you some points this week at the Ryder Cup. Yep, Rory should be good. And he's going to be playing with Lowry more than likely as partner. And Lowry's been playing really good golf, too. I think that that's going to help Rory's chances as well. So I am am very scared of that duo, and that's why I listed them as one of the – they're going to be very crucial to this Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup, that that – that duo for sure. Yeah, and I would imagine that in the evenings, because here's what's going to happen. The Americans are going to go out during the day, and they're, they're going to kick ass. And they're going to go home, and they're going to need something to do. And they're going to need something to drink. And you know what they're going to drink? They're going to fire up some clubbies if they know what's good for them, because clubbies <laughs> are the absolute best in the business. It's club special. Oklahoma staple, the clubbies. Uh, I was just at Crest earlier today. I saw the big swinging golf cart inflatable. They've got the missiles now, which uh, are the new flavor. I haven't tried it yet. I've had the original clubby, which is great. I need to try the missiles and see how those are doing. So uh, lemon and lime natural flavoring. Electrolytes does not contain artificial flavors. Perfect for a hot day on or off the golf course. Or like we have in Oklahoma today, a perfect day on or off the golf course. Specifically formulated for golfers of every handicap. Make shooting any score bearable. The Freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in golf. Uh, Quick question, quick question. As the crow flies from the tee box to the front of number one green at Whistling Straits is just a hair under 339 yards. Crowd goes nuts. Bryson drives number one green to start the Ryder Cup. (laughs) Sign me up. I, th- I think that's going to happen. And that honestly, you've talk- we, we've kind that of been be messing electric. around with this. Order electric. <laughs> they're going to skin. I think they're going to send him and Scheffler out first. You think I so? Ju- I do. Yeah. Now, now I'm seeing, especially considering that it's the uh, best ball format. I can't imagine if he actually drove the first green, just how freaking ballistic imagine the fans would be going. Imagine if he did Boo Weekly after, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the fans will be going bananas if Bryson <laughs> drives the first green. But you know On what? Friday, especially. You know what will quiet him is What's when that? John Rahm does it, too, and then 
makes Boo. two. Well, see, the, the, that is something. I, I need to know what direction that hole goes because we're looking at 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. I mean, if for some reason the hole's downwind or any bit of crosswind. A lot of I guys mean, could do it. I'm, Bryson might have too much club. Yeah. Driver's too much. That's a good point, yeah. especially with the speed training. All right, boys. Hashtag speed D. It's time. D, D for driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time. Hit me. Final score. All right. I've been uh, incorrectly predicting the final score all week. So, with the way the Ryder Cup works, if you <laughs> are not the current holder of the cup, you need 14 and a half points to win it, but you only need 14 to retain it. Well, there's only 28 points available. Yeah. yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah. 28 points available. I've been saying 16 and a half to 12. Don't like the math there. So, I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and uh, make a new prediction. I'll go 16 and a half to 11 and a half Americans. Uh, it's going to be an absolute washout. It honestly might get a little boring on Sunday afternoon because the Americans are so far ahead. I'm going one step higher. I'm going 17 and a half to 10 and a half. Woo, I buddy. Think, Woo. I, th- I think this is what will happen. I think it's going to be the Americans are going to get out to a slightly early lead in the four ball uh, on the first session. They'll probably go two, two and two in the alternate shot, so they'll have a little bit of a lead. They'll do probably the same thing on Saturday, gain a little bit more lead. But then they are just going to come out and make a statement on Sunday. I think they win um, eight to nine singles on Sunday. Whoa. All right. Whoa, that's Boys. a lot. Europe is going to win the Ryder Cup 15 and a half to 12 and a half. And I know I'm going to be unpopular. No one else is picking Europe. I'm over here. You've heard of Revis Island. You've heard of Ravis Island. I'm over <laughs> here on Humphreys Island over here picking the Europeans to win the Ryder Cup. By the way, the the odds aren't that distorted. U.S. is minus 185, Europe's plus 165 in Vegas. For reference, at the Solheim Cup, U.S. was minus 200 and lost. They're minus 185 this week. So it's not like the odds are crazy distorted. That's definitely the underdog, but it's not a crazy pick, especially considering what we've seen the last two decades. Sam, will you please, please bet the Europeans? Please. (laughs) So we can get a win. Please. I did. You bet the Euros? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Although Sam did bet Oklahoma State Saturday night on the money line. That was true. And you had him plus the points, too. Borderline heater at this point. Although, didn't you have the Eagles on Sunday? I did have the Eagles and the Chiefs. Okay. We're back on track. And and Arizona. You sent Clyde Edwards. You sent Clyde Edwards Hilaire a bill. Did you ever get a a statement back? The the Venmo request? Yeah. yeah. No, he hadn't hit me back yet. He's probably been busy. Probably filling a lot of Venmo requests requests this week. Boys, so just sitting here, we're we're right before the Ryder Cup. Give your guys' favorite Ryder Cup memory. Favorite Ryder Cup memory? You know, it's not – this is – Damn sure not my favorite moment, but one of the my most iconic moments is hearing that Tiger and Phil are going to be playing together. I literally about fell out of my chair. Okay, I was 11 I, years old. I do remember we were kids, and that news broke, and we were all like, what? Yeah. But I, I, I will say this is probably my favorite memory because I wasn't. <laughs> and, then I, I remember, I, I got one. and then I remember Tiger in the left trees thinking, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, he said, he literally, there's still that look. He's like, what is going yeah. on? I, I've got this, mine, and I'm afraid you might steal it from me. This is, this is my favorite memory. Our boy, local hero, Anthony Kim, 2008, goes out and busts Sergio Garcia's ass five and four, 
and but makes a statement and leads us to victory. First Ryder Cup since 99. I was not old enough to remember 99, so I don't remember how epic of a comeback it was. If I was, it'd be tough to top the Leonard putt. Even watching highlights of it gives me, gives me chills. But I only have two Ryder Cups to go off of. Maybe the other one I could choose would be when Reed topped Rory on the eighth hole at, at Hazeltine. That was pretty intense and gave the sh- even though as much as we hate Reed. But yeah. I think those are my two top favorites. But I'm definitely going with Anthony Kim. And particularly from that match is when Sergio took some free relief from a bridge because he said he was going to hit it 90 degrees backwards and cheated, essentially. And Anthony Kim said, whatever you got to do to try to win, bud. And then went out and won like three straight holes. <laughs> so um, just th- by far my favorite moment that I can remember as from watching a Ryder Cup. I was going to go I, 08. I don't have much to go off of. So. See, I, I was going to go 08. Anthony Kim, Boo Weekly, the amount of fun those guys were having. I was going to go 08. Yeah, and I, I, I love that, too. And I, I love the whole Boo Weekly thing. Unfortunately, I was playing in a golf tournament during that Ryder Cup, so I didn't get to watch any of that Ryder Cup, so I don't have Man, any memories yeah, of yeah. you know watching it live. Really, the only the really only great moment that I can remember for the U.S. is the Reed uh, Rory That's thing, a big and one. then obviously a big one. the first two days at Medina were great. Uh, and then, you know, they choked on Sunday. They were up 28-3 in the fourth quarter. That's a good segue. I think we'll have a lot more to choose from on this one. What's your worst Ryder Cut memory? Oh, God, oh, Medina. I mean, I mean yeah. Rory McIlroy yeah. showed up like four minutes before his tea well, time and, and kicked so, ass. So which part? Was it when they officially won? Was that the worst part? It was, was when Keimer made the putt for to, me. Because that's uh, when... For me, I remember Rose. I remember Saturday Rose made night, a big putt. Well, and oh, Saturday. On 17. God, Rose oh, made a yeah. massive putt on 17. And I that's still right. remember Phil, the feeling Phil in gave my him the clap. stomach. Yeah. Phil clapped for The yeah. feeling in my stomach when that putt went in, I was like, these... Oh, my God, they're going to do it again. And yeah. they did it again. Yeah, and then I, I vividly remember when Poulter made that putt on Saturday night. And that was just, so big. And yes. you just kind of felt it. You were just like, ugh. Yeah, because that was the difference in being either 10.5 to 5.5. Why are we reliving all the bad ones? Okay. This is making me feel physically no, are, uncomfortable. Okay. I, see, I switched. I'm like, okay. you know how Faraday says he's American, or is an American citizen now? Yes. You know, I, I'm European now, okay? <laughs> I'm rooting for Europe Please in this Ryder Cup. Have, have you been to Europe? Look, I'm not just picking Beautiful Europe. Place. Beautiful I, place. I, am, I am rooting for Europe in this Ryder Cup. That's crazy. I, I you be, are unpatriotic. I will That's crazy. Be, look at it. On, on Friday morning, I will be tweeting out my European flags. I will be strongly rooting for Europe. And then I'm going to congratulate Victor Hovland when he gets home. I'm speechless. That, that, if this was my house, I'd tell you to get out. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. So it's... I th- love being weekend, the villain sometimes. <laughs> this weekend's you, you a major... You do have a little bit of Skip Gay- Bayless blood in you. <laughs> my, uh, my wife is not going to like the setup this week. Because this is, I mean, this is tailor-made week oh, for a two-TV setup. This is sports-watching utopia. So we're going to bring the extra TV into the living room. We're going to put the football on the small TV, the side TV. Ryder Cup on the main TV with the volume. And the football is going to be on the side TV so that I can keep up with my elite fantasy rosters. Who does uh, OSU play this week? Uh, Kansas State at home. Saturday night. So I will be going to that game, but that'll be after most of the Ryder Cup actions taking place. And I'll be watching on my phone on the way up there. So I shouldn't miss Does OU play much this Ryder week? Cup action at all. OU plays West Virginia, West Virginia Saturday night at home. At home. Gotcha. I might be going to that. I don't know. I'll probably stay home and watch the Ryder Cup. Uh, that sounds like the better better alternative. Or yeah. It's just I, I like Kobe's setup. Maybe even not two TVs. If you have some extra, maybe three or four. You know, especially on Saturday when college football's going on. <laughs> there is a limit. Four. There is a limit to you how many need, TVs my wife will let me have in the you room. You only need one TV to watch NFL football. You watch Red Zone. 
It's yeah. the greatest thing ever yeah. created. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm more, it's the I'm best refer- $10 I spend a month. It, yeah. I was referring to, sa- to Saturday more than yeah. like, well, college football. It's perfect because I'm a Cowboys fan for reasons unbeknownst to me. Sam is a fan of the despicable Philadelphia Eagles, and they play each other Monday night football this week. So we don't even have to worry about any overlap because that's Monday night, baby. You want to drive down there Monday? Uh, absolutely not, but I'll make a wager. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a wager. Oh, we got here's a wager. Oh, wait. Yeah, we got to write down and make our pizza bets official. We've already done, you know, the the Fitzpatrick. I said whoever he plays in singles versus T-Dub. Yeah, yeah we'll have these our little mini slash prop bets because I got another one I want to ask. Okay, y'all. and then I have Poulter versus Spieth if they play. Mm-hmm. If they okay. play, which they is play. To- would be totally random. <laughs> if they actually get paired up, that would be amazing. Yeah. All right, here, here's, here's the one I want to ask. And I have and I have Europe just to win. Yeah, that, that's definitely. But you should. What you did you get him at plus one sixty five or would you, what were your odds? I have. I can't remember. What? Why do you make the bet if you don't remember? Because <laughs> um, Europe's gonna win. It's all stored in a computer. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's what I was gonna ask y'all. Burn Weisberger over or under two and a half matches played. Uh, over. He plays three. I think he plays two two of the four, you think? I think he plays three. Because um, obviously singles. So I think he might only play one team I, match and one That's what singles. I think. I think you he's think only so? playing one. I'm going under. Maybe. I would go under. Yeah. So we got two overs and one under. I thought it was a good question. No, yeah, that's that a good is question. a good question. Will he be the fewest matches played of either team? I think so. Unless Who will be fewest for the Americans? Well, unless Brooks is hurt. Yeah. Injury, Morikawa may not play that much depending on know. what that's like. But he, you got th- disregarding and, injury. I would say Beesberger would be the yeah. least. Who, who on the American side? And maybe maybe probably Harris. Fleetwood. English, Harris maybe? That's what I'm saying. Maybe English. Probably. I don't know. Berger. I don't. Maybe I mean, potentially just looking at the course fits here. I think I would say Finau, but I think Finau fits the course too well. I would lean English for the Americans. Yeah. By by a, a hair. I, I would have. I, I would have. I would have <laughs> nice. said Scheffler start out, but it sounds like him and Bryson are going to play every match. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mean, don't know. I mean, from what we're hearing, I mean, that's... I'm excited. What time does it start Friday morning? 8 o'clock? Has to be. It has to be early. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Waking up on Friday morning, crisp crisp morning air in September, late September. Oh, man. And Turn it's on the perfect. Cup. It's central time zone, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. Because Wisconsin Central Time Zone. Yep. I do uh I do have to play a match for a match play tournament I've been in for months at the Greens on Friday at like twelve thirty. So that's a huge bummer. Oh but I'll, I'll have the recording working and I'll have it I'll have it on in the cart. I'll be <laughs> I'll be half focused on my own match, half focused on the Ryder Cup. Yep. I'll definitely have it on in the cart. Is there is there anyone you think this week that does not get a single point? Ooh. Good question. Either either side e- either side. You know someone who I think will not get a point? Terrell Hatton. Maybe get a half. That's a, that's a good one because I think I think Viesberger is like the obvious candidate. Yeah. But I think Hatton is a really good one. It or Fleetwood. He hadn't been Fleetwood's been rough. Say, but, but, we're saying all Europeans, Sam. Huh? We're saying all Europeans here. But Fleetwood no, yeah, was. I'm, a, I'm boosting y'all up before the game. <laughs> Fleetwood was a monster. You're doing the Brooks Kepka mind game. Yeah, is what you're doing. Exactly. Fleetwood was a monster. Bang, work, 18, baby. <laughs> the Fleetwood Molinari combo in 18 was lethal. Four and zero. Those guys went. Where's Molinari at? Disgusting. Uh, Italy, I think. <laughs> I, I, you know He's what? A golf fan this week. You know what? For what I heard for three months, I was so ready to come on the preview show and talk about Justin Rose because Sam had boasted him up for however long, and he's hey, nowhere to be found. He I'm might the be the first one. To, I'm the first one to say that Viesberger automatically getting on, knocking Rose out, is, 
hurts the Europeans. I think Rose choked on purpose for the FedEx <laughs> Cup so that he'd have time to shoot commercials this week. <laughs> yeah. He, Ro- he, Rose has like 112 sponsors. He's got a lot of commercial He's the European Ricky Fowler. So, hey, le- with a major. Le- yeah. le- legit, <laughs> legit question. If Rose was playing instead of Wiesberger, would you pick the Europeans to win by more? What? If Rose was playing instead of Wiesberger, would you pick the European? Because it was 15 and a half, 12 and a half, your prediction, right? Yeah. Would you predict it to be more if Rose was playing? No, because... Yeah. Wiesberger's not going to play that much to even matter. So do you think... I don't think Wiesberger even gets a point. I I love it. I love it. I I hope you're right. I love it. All right. Ryder Cup, Friday. Cannot wait. We'll have another show Friday, by the way. Don't know what time that's coming your way, but Friday we're getting another show out. We're uh, going to do something. We're going to have another guest. It's coming on. We're recording it at 8.30 a.m. Okay. So it'll be on, you know, by middle of the day. We'll be up. We'll have the TV in here. We'll have the Ryder Cup on. We'll have... Uh, Big guest. We'll, American hero. I'll have yes. to make sure I'm on mute because I might be yelling some uh, vulgar words at the TV if the Europeans start making early putts. <laughs> right. Especially 8.30 a.m. I can't the, be handling the that. The first time I see Poulter rolling a 30-footer, whenever the, the, the Americans are out there six inches from the hole for par, I'm going to throw something. <laughs> see, I, I have to be quick because you know I make fun of our one of our most recent guests, Randy Williams, uh, because <laughs> he'll, he'll text us on, on Thursday at 10.30 of his golfer he picked. It's and over. Say, it's a over. horrible pick. Or say, oh, should have picked so-and-so. Yeah, like, somebody will be like four under through six in a 72-hole tournament. Randy will be like, oh, I should have picked uh, Sam Burns. <laughs> so so we, we got to make sure to not get too overreactive early, especially on Friday because there will be a lot of golf left. But I, if we, but I if, disagree. I say overreactive. React to every shot for three days until you're mentally exhausted. I, just, I love it. I just hope we open it up better than we than the uh, women did the Solheim Cup. Down oh, three and God. a half to half a point. If that happens, I mean, we got problems. It, it is. I will not be able to watch with Sam if that's the One case. One thing we didn't ask Scott about was the fact that he calls it the Ryder Cup Golf Super Bowl, and he goes, "It might even be bigger than the actual Super Bowl." That I, is what his exact quote. I mean, for golf fans, and 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 Scott says, you know, that the President's Cup is like the Pro Bowl. And that the Ryder Cup is like the super. He called, he, he called it a friendly interclub in, in, in the interview yeah. or the the thing. This that we is were in an old interview. Yeah, yeah. This was, maybe maybe Abe can be the catalyst to make the President's <laughs> Cup more competitive and more intense. Hey, what what did we say? Uh, Verplank's record was four four and one four and one. So he won four points. Did he have a half in there? Nope. I think he did. So nope. four and one. So he won four points. I would have said Scott. 2004, 2006, the Americans got nine and a half points each year, and you contributed almost all the points. I mean, yeah. so what would they would have done if well, you he, weren't he's there? He was 0-2-0-6. He was 0-2. Oh, 2 oh, so yeah. That's right. Not, he wasn't there in 04. Okay, no, still 0-6 then. He still would have. Yeah. What, what would they have done? Especially without that hole-in-one. That was impressive. The hole-in-one is awesome. Especially, I'm always in on hole-in-one. Especially, on especially the, in the Ryder Cup. On the, yeah. if, for the current Euro- European team captain, too, to beat him, do it. that's pretty cool. I've been trying to make a hole-in-one for a year and a half almost since I made my last one. Can't do it? Yep. It's hard oh, to do. Cry me river. The hole's so small. The hole's so small. You're so far away. <laughs> I don't understand. It's so hard I, to do. I, I, one legit question before we get out of here. I, I've, I'm i rolling with Spieth and JT a lot. Does Spieth short, putty, short putting worry you at all, especially in the alternate shot? Um, it does for me. A little bit. Little bit maybe, in the maybe, maybe even JT short putting. He hasn't been putting very well. Alternate shot. Speed gets a three-footer downhill that he doesn't want to run too far by and leave JT something coming back. Gets a little tentative with it. It, it worries me a little, but not enough that I wouldn't pick him to win those matches. I'm... I'm I, I it'll be interesting to see if that if they're if they're able to play against Lowry and Rory and that or a big group like that or a Poulter group. I think that would be different. But if they go out and they just play a, a random European duo and lose. That's going to be really detrimental to the American side. I, I mean, agree. really big. But but if they go out, and even if they lose to a, a 
like I said, Rory Lowry, it's going to be big, but it would be a lot worse if they lose to a not big uh, European pairing. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Spieth's putting on the year, he's extremely streaky. Like, it, it's just like, you know, back when he was really playing well, it was he was making everything, even the short putts. And now it's, even though he's putting better than he was last year especially, I mean, if you look at his stats last year, it was like every single round he was losing shots putting. This year, I still don't trust him yet inside 10 feet. Outside 10 feet, I mean, he's one of the best putters ever still. But when he's under the, under the gun inside 5 feet, I don't trust him. I, I can't wait to watch it. And I love the fact that the rough's so so short. I think oh, that's going to... Me gonna, too. That's, that's gonna, <laughs> me too. Is, it is hilarious. I mean, why do they get to choose? Like, <laughs> the hosting country gets to decide how the course is set I know, up. No, I'm, I know that. Just, I'm asking go, go, why. Just go look at the rough from 2018 to, to this year. It's unsurmountably different. It's crazy. Yeah, the rough in 18 was nasty. Yeah, it was. And there was trouble everywhere off the tees. Yeah. It was a perfect course set up for the Euros, and they dominated. The Americans never had a chance. As should, no, too many layups into the iron with irons into the hazard. Yep. All and right. I have a chance this year. Good stuff. Appreciate everybody listening. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole. Instagram, 73rd hole. Head over to golfoklahoma.org. Our great partners over there. Listen, uh, rate, subscribe to all of our podcasts wherever you're listening. Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, Go ahead and give us a rating. We would really, really appreciate it. Everyone, enjoy the Ryder Cup, and thanks for listening once again to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Golf Oklahoma.